What's the show called again? I don't get it. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to I Don't Get It. Uh, this is a podcast about performance in Edmonton. My name is Fonda. Paul is off playing in a haunted house somewhere. Um, and uh, we are proud to be part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I have some very special guests um, on the take for you this week. Uh, Laura Rabu joined us for a review of Hinky Punk, uh, the opening uh, performance at the Brian Webb Dance Company's 41st season. And also uh, later on, um, two new guests who we haven't had on before um, who reviewed Richard III at the U of A's Studio Theater. Uh, we have Karen and Elizabeth from our uh, one of our sister podcasts on the network. Uh, and their podcast called is called That's a Thing, um, where um, it's a mother-daughter team. And Elizabeth explains things to her mother, um, basically about teen culture. Um, so anyhow, we're going to start with the review of Hinky Punk with Laura Boo. And uh, yeah, please enjoy. Hi. Hi, Laura. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's been a long time. It has been a while. I know. I'm happy to be back. Yes. Well, what did we see tonight? We saw a show at the Brian Webb Dance Company. Yes, it was the Brian Webb season opener. Yes. It was. I, I love the title of this show. It was called Hinky Punk. Yes. Um, uh, by um, Ralph Escamillan. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing that right. It's probably not. But I'll... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was awesome. It was so cool. We had such a good time. Yeah. Well, so um, give us a sense of like what happens in the show, Laura. What, what do we see even just when we walk into, walk into the room? Well, it's in the round, so in the square. <laughs> yes, in the theater lab, it was in the square. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, yeah, there was four sides. And there was like a raised stage of about, what, five feet by five feet? I don't even think it was that. It looked four like four by four. four. Yeah, tiny. And then, like, um, these two sort of uh, screens on either side um, that were transparent. And then there was, like, the lighting was all lit from below. And, uh, yeah. And then it walked. Well, first there were, like, these holograms. Yeah, there was. So there was projection work on these screens on two sides of this four by four cube stage. Um, And and they were of a body a, a person in in a sequin jumpsuit face covered hands covered everything all sequin um so you start out seeing these two sort of holograms in the sequence right yeah. um and then yeah and then the real hologram walks in <laughs> and then the real dancer comes out oh my god <laughs> oh my god and then like uh, everything starts to glitch in this like beautiful way and they're all doing the same like movement sentence together but in mm-hmm. like just off time with each other so there's these two projections of the sequin dancer and then the sequin dancer themselves and they're all interacting with each other and it just gets more and more and more and more yeah like the like the holograms start like shuddering and like doing weird static and jumping around and and you know it's it's october it's like haunted house season time i was like this is way more freaking creepy than anything i've seen in a haunted house (laughs) (laughs) it was was sequin creepy it was was sequin glam creepy (laughs) it It was it was wonderful um 
Um, so, well, eventually these screens get taken down yeah. and you just see this, this again, sequined figure yeah. dancing on stage. Um, and I was noting as we were walking over afterward how interesting it is to have a dance show where the performer's face is covered almost the entire time. Yeah. Um, how does this make you see the movement differently? Um, I guess for me, I thought the movement was really interesting. Yeah, and it makes me see the dancer as more of like a universal human. It's almost like wearing like a universal neutral mask or something mm. like that. So it sort of takes away any sort of like um, individualism or like personality in a way. Yeah, there was, yeah. There was interesting... There was interesting notes about identity going into the piece. Mm-hmm. And with the dancer's face covered, you know, you're not seeing gender. You're not seeing what they look like, you know, uh, that kind of... So, so it just, yeah, it makes the movement language just this sort of u- human thing. Yeah. Um, even though it kind of looked a little reptilian, I thought, just with the quality of the um, the sequins themselves. Like, these weren't like little sparkles or whatever. These were like <laughs> fat sequins, so they really caught the light. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. as this, as this, you know, even the slightest movement turning and things like that, you could really just see like, you know, just like the shimmer and like a very, it made it all seem like really like, kind of just surreal. Yeah, it was. It was really beautiful. And then the different colors sort of coming in and out too sort of told the mood or any kind of, yeah. Yeah, the color and the lighting. Yeah. And so about, you know, and kind of a- like two-thirds of the way through, oh, yeah. they the, this this kind of like abstract soundscape and everything starts to change yes. into like a very realistic streetscape. You yeah. hear traffic, you see traffic lights going by on the screens and on his costume, yeah. um, and and you hear sounds of voices. He sees, you know, a store window. Th- this was done brilliantly with the video and projection. He sees a store window with a TV playing Marilyn Monroe, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and so then this sound also becomes another signature. Pop culture music starts playing. You know, there's yes. like Sinatra and Elvis, and um, of course MJ Michael Jackson yeah. also came in there too. Um, and and then you know a bit of a costume change, and he starts yeah. going through these different movement styles kind of based on these pop culture influences yeah and then he's but they're of course they're like manipulating the sound so that it's going backwards and slowing down and glitching and stuff like that and it's like perfectly timed with the uh the movement as well to like shift really really fast into these different modes these different songs and switching between gender as well really amazing like yeah. the movement was quite incredible yeah the sound design in this show was freaking awesome i know it was amazing um, and there was also voguing too remember the whole picture oh yeah flashing part that was so voguing <laughs> yes yeah there was but. this kind of like get ready your time on stage is now and, <laughs> yeah. and just kind of like paparazzi sounds of like flash bulbs and stuff yeah. um started happening and then yeah stroby. yeah and very stroby i don't know if i'm getting old but i have <laughs> sometimes i have a hard time with rapid changes in, in lighting level <laughs> so my one eye starts watering i was like oh god there's a lot of strobe in this holy and then um, there was a cameo by a random other sequinee. Yes, yes, that was what like was that? a like a very very short cameo by um, Justin Calvadores. Oh, okay. um, but I wanted to um, point out uh, that the sound design, oh dear, was done by Stefan Seslicha, maybe. Um, 
beautiful sound design again if pronouncing that wrong terribly sorry but really wanted to try and get it out there um yeah yeah. so well thanks thanks for coming to see the show laura (laughs) any 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 final thoughts oh my goodness i don't know yeah my final thought would just be like i haven't seen anything like this in the dance world like recently me personally like i don't see everything but like it was not natural organic movement it was like extremely um almost mime like very like like literal i don't know it was different i think things are changing yeah well there were some pantomime sort of parts to it but i also felt there was like there was breakdancing influence too and a lot of other i mean it just it was kind of all over the map, but you yeah. also see then how talented uh, and, you know, sort of like well-ranged this dancer is yeah. and all of the influences that he's taken for, um, you know, a lot of the work that he does. And yeah. to, to put it up on this sort of like four by four cube stage, yeah. um, like just thinking about how actual um, not I don't know, what's the right word like. There's little, so little traveling actually happening on the stage. Like he's he's in yeah. one spot. Good point. And you know, and for the way. and for the full hour, you are just wrapped. Like it yeah. is. It was. It was. It was very skillfully done that way. I think. Yeah. Um, visually, audibly, you know, um, everything. And uh, yeah, sometimes I'm like. Sometimes I'm a little. You know, like kind of a Luddite little against the high tech. I'm like, just dance, just freaking dance. <laughs> um, but this was this was such a skillful use of that projection um, and the sound design. And lighting. And lighting, It for really sure. was yeah. intense. What was interesting, because the lighting was low, yeah. you didn't get that effect that you normally do when you're sitting in the round when you have to look at the other audience members. That's true. Because the lighting was all up in the middle. It wasn't straight across uh, or down. So we didn't have to look at that audience it was great i know we were watching everybody else being like do you like this yeah that's always a bad sign (laughs) yeah when you know you're bored when you're looking at the audience on the other side like "Uh, how are you feeling this (laughs) i know but yeah, you couldn't. Just the design of the lighting and the and the construct of it, you couldn't really see them at all, which was great. cool. That's great. Yeah, I want to disappear. Yeah, <laughs> favorite in the round show ever. Make the other yeah. side of the audience disappear. Make it seem like yeah. they're in the in, in another universe. And what yeah. was what I thought was very. Um, really this most stunning part even though there's all this like incredible um technical feat and skill going into a lot of the tricks happening um the ending was just sort of like sublime pure body the costumes come off um and yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah well well. (laughs) um and it's just but it, it yeah it ends on feeling you do get that feeling of like returning to nature returning to the body and to a true identity and for the first uh, for the first little while after he takes off the sequin mask the lighting and it and choreography is done such that you still don't see his face at all until the very last lighting moment and that was just like just i was just perfect (laughs) yeah it was beautiful and it made you appreciate the human body too just how gorgeous it is Mm -hmm. in just itself you know yeah and finally in that last note you see him you saw who he was. Yeah, and you know? it's interesting. And why? Like, yeah. why is that? Why is this, does the face tell so much yeah. different than the body does? It's so interesting. Yeah. Why yeah. do you need to see the face? Why do I need to see your eyes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. come on. Because <laughs> they're the windows to the soul, oh, Laura. That's that, why. That's right. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Well, um, I think we'll leave it at that. Uh, well, so thank you again for um, guesting on uh, on I Don't Get It. We're, you're, we're, you're always welcome to, to come back. And um, yeah, yeah. Awesome. And there's a really cool Brian Webb show coming up, too, that we're excited yes, about. Yes, um, Grim Car Secrets is yeah. next week. Ooh. They have a show called Eve 2050 um, that is just, I think, is going to be killer. Um, I've wanted to see that company for a while, so awesome. should be pretty great. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me. This episode is brought to you in part by Unit B Coworking. Unit B is a multi-company co-working space located in the historic McKinney Building in downtown Edmonton and is focused on helping people pursue their passions. Along with desks and offices, Unit B offers members access to its podcasting studio, meeting spaces, kitchen, Wi-Fi, and other amenities. Join a tight-knit group of freelancers, startups, and established organizations all dedicated to getting things done. Book your tour today at unitb.ca. Hello and welcome to I Don't Get It, featuring Elizabeth and Karen. We're a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello, Karen. <laughs> That's not what you call me. Hello, Mom. Anyway. Uh, we saw Richard III at Studio Theater on Friday night. Yes. And uh, Fonda asked us if we would uh, give our impressions of the show. So Richard III is the season opener for Studio Theater, which is the company that operates out of uh, University of Alberta's Fine Arts program. And we've gone to quite a few Studio Theater shows before, and they're amazing. Yes, yeah. yes. Like we haven't seen a, a bad one yet, have we? No. No. And it, was this one any exception? It was not an exception. No. Um, Exceptional, but not an exception. <laughs> yeah. Hire me for your true. marketing department. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Richard III is Shakespeare. It's kind of part of the canon, but very, very briefly, what is Richard III? Okay, so Richard III chronicles the brief and disastrous rise to the throne of King Richard III of England. Kind of a fun piece of ye olde slander um, <laughs> with all of Shakespeare's usual pro-monarchy message. And it's also just a really fun tragedy and uh, scheming villain and character manipulation and all those fun things we come to expect from a Shakespeare bad guy. Yeah, one of the, the great Shakespearean bad guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which you like. I want to play all of them. <laughs> and so, and it's, it's a complicated play. I think they simplified it somewhat. They did modify the script yeah. a fair amount. They did it all in one take. There's no intermission. It's just this um, sprint from now is the winter of our discontent to the end, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it didn't, and it didn't, well, partly, I guess, because of the... Uh, edits that they made but didn't play long to me how about you uh i think if i had known that there wasn't going to be an intermission i would have gotten that sense better but i kept being like oh and now the intermission happens but it was just a scene in the play yeah uh which kind of threw me off but that's just a me thing and if you know that there's no intermission going in then you'll better be able to be like this is just a whole unit that i'm going to yeah observe yeah I think it worked in that that we're in a world and that I like staying in that world. Yeah. Yeah. It felt very cinematic to me. Mm, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. 
So uh, talk a little bit about the staging. Okay, so it's one main set, which is gorgeous, very well put together. Uh, and then they bring in all these little props that are essentially like trash aesthetic. Yeah, I guess I'd describe it as uh, there's a really cool scene where they build Richard's throne just on stage out of uh, like garbage. Yeah, basically. yeah, it's really fun, like just pleasant to look at. in a this is cool and there's a lot going on sort of way. And there's some interesting use of multimedia, which is actually uh, a couple of those things are kind of the coolest part of the show. And I kind of don't want to spoil them, but I would say that there's an interesting use of multimedia in there. Yeah. Uh, This show makes a lot of choices and commits fully to those choices. They aren't all necessarily good choices, I would say. But anytime any choice is made in theater and people just go with it fully, I don't really care whether or not I think it was a good idea because they're so into that idea. And a lot of the ideas were good and fun to begin with. So, Well, can you talk a little bit about a choice you didn't think were? So they have this really cool prop that you'll see starting at the beginning of the show where they have this camera with a relay uh, and it will project the actors on stage onto a sort of screen that's also on stage. And when actors aren't talking, it looks very, very cool. And when they are talking, the audio is horribly out of sync and it was very distracting to me. Yeah, and I'm not sure that that out of syncness wasn't on purpose. Yeah, but I think it wasn't good even if it was if that makes sense like you can say oh it was to create like a scattering effect or a sense of um vertigo or whatever yeah but to me it just stopped me from listening to the words or understanding the play yeah uh so it was maybe too disruptive for me even if that was the intention but it bothered you less i feel like so it might be a subjective thing yeah it's very cool to look at, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's a production, yeah. like capital P production. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the performances. Yes, the performances. <laughs> uh, Caitlin Kelly plays Richard, and I both want to be Richard and have a huge crush on Richard right now. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> make of that what you will. <laughs> murderous, murderous Richard. Um, yeah, she was amazing. Um, she uses she her pronouns in her bio, so I'm going to do that here. But she's playing Richard as a man. Yeah. And um, it's unlike any Richard III I've ever seen and spectacular. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very spectacular. Uh, there's some really beautiful. So to indicate uh, Richard's deformity rather than just doing like a big humpback, they do a um, I believe it would be a club foot and a elbow crutch. Yeah. Uh, and the choreography and movement they do with that is gorgeous and so commanding the whole time. And even the audio effect of that crutch hitting the ground quickly as Richard approaches, it's all beautiful and there's so much um body language in this piece yeah and also her command of the script is amazing incredible yeah so the lines that really that make richard the third so memorable are delivered really well yeah and i would say the whole cast is like that i got the feeling throughout the whole show that uh this this cast understood the text utterly and was able to um, convey the meaning the meaning in every single line 
like they were feeling what they were acting, right? Yeah. I was particularly impressed by uh, Elizabeth. I mean. Thank you. (laughs) I know they threw me in last minute. Not you. Uh, Beverly Rockwell, who plays uh, Elizabeth, who is the mother of the princess. She was great. I just uh, loved watching her on the stage every moment. Very commanding. Um, And also uh, Margaret, who's played by Nikki Holowski, um, also gorgeous. She had this witch-like energy and just felt like a very unique take on an already fascinating character. Mm Yeah. I just I want to give a shout out to the movement coach and choreographer for this piece because even when people weren't speaking, I kept flitting around and looking at them because they were always doing something interesting with their bodies. And that's again what makes it feel so cinematic to me is like I'm not sitting here watching one person talk for a long time. I'm sitting here watching a world happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The vape pen also. (laughs) Uh, They gave um, Buckingham a vape pen. And that is one of the most powerful theatrical props you can put in a show right now, in my opinion. (laughs) Like in a few years, that probably won't be true. And obviously it wasn't true like a decade ago because they weren't around. But right now the vape pen says so much about a character and it looks really fun on stage. It's true. We got some good acting with uh, vape smoke and bubble gum and spit. So, like, there was kind of a running gay where Richard just gets spat <laughs> at by all the female characters. Yeah, be prepared for that. If you don't like that, <laughs> then then be prepared. Yeah, it was really well done. And I mean, this is if uh, I, uh, the other warning maybe I would issue for uh, people who might be going to this show is that there's there's not a plot summary in the program and there's a lot of different characters and a lot of names names that are the same so there's lots of richards and lots of edwards and lots of um henry's henry's and so elizabeth yeah it's so well acted that it doesn't take long to sort everyone out and figure out where the alliances are and where the alliances shift. Um, But if it's going to bug you to be confused about who's who, then maybe take a look at Wikipedia before you go to the show. Yeah, you were way more lost than I was, I feel like. (laughs) Um, I have a bit of an ear for Shakespeare, I'd say. Not to be vain. I went to theater camp to cover (laughs) Shakespeare twice, and now I'm an expert. Uh, But, like, it does take a minute to follow. There are people who go by both their um, title or county and their name as well. So I think it would be helpful, perhaps, to skim Wikipedia for that. Yeah, just to to know who who everybody is and and who's enemies, at least at the beginning. Because it's going to (laughs) change. Yeah. It's a political piece. Yeah. So this show is running at the Tim Center at the U of A until October 19th. It's really, really worth your time if you like Shakespeare, if you like good acting, if you like... um, Fun costuming, set design, like all of that mechanics behind a show. It all really shines brightly here, I'd say. Yeah. And I'm glad we got to go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Thanks for letting us go see a show, Uh, Fonda and Paul, and back to you. Bye.
Taproot Edmonton is a source of curiosity-driven stories about our city, cultivated by the community. It is building a new way to deliver local journalism with a focus on delivering high-quality, long-form local stories plus weekly roundups of curated updates on topics like tech, media, city council, food, business, music, and arts too. You can sign up to become a member and get more info at taprootedmonton.ca. P.S. We highly recommend the Arts Roundup. You can sign up at Taproot to get it in your inbox every Thursday. All right. So thank you so much to uh, that crew of reviewers who joined us this week. Um, What a treat to hear um, so many people talking about arts in Edmonton. Gotta love it. All right. On to some listings. What's going on? So Richard III, as discussed, runs at the Tim Center for the Arts until October 19th. E-Day by Serial Collective starts at the Roxy on Gateway um, on October 17th through the 27th. And also Fight Night at the Citadel Theater, October 17th through 27th. Those are both election-themed plays. Uh, Baroness Bianca's Blood Songs opens the Northern Light Theatre season at the ATB Arts Barns. Uh, that runs October 16th through November 2nd. And Van Grim Corps Secrets, uh, Eve 2050. Very cool show. Um, Brian Webb Dance Company is presenting that at the Trifo Theatre on October 18th and 19th very next weekend. And then Rigoletto coming up with Edmonton Opera at the Jubilee runs October 19th, 22nd, and 25th. So that's the week that we saw, uh, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and um, yeah, go see some shows. Bye. I Don't Get It is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app. I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blenoff. Sit here thinking, my love.